0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And And we're we're the the good good guys. guys.
0: There's a lot of guys out there.
2: And we're the good ones.
0: Steve, you know, Ben gets mad at me for not introducing the guests properly, but I can't imagine someone who needs an introduction less
1: (laughs) than you. Is that is that the intro? That's the intro. I love it. (laughs) I told you he's shit at giving intros. I told you. It's unbelievable. It's all good, man. I always just say ladies and gentlemen, and then the name of the guest. Really good. (laughs) That's it. What kind
0: do you have a written bio or intro? Because you do so many live shows and stuff like that. Like, is there anything people have to introduce you with?
1: I always say, do not care. Say whatever you want. You're not gonna offend me. You could Try to offend me, and you're probably not going to be able to. Do you find, because I know with stand-ups. I take that back. I'm very sensitive. (laughs) You could easily offend me. (laughs) What gets you? Oh, man, what gets me? Like, I'll tell you that I really try very hard to avoid reading comments on my social media pages Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it'll just mess me up, you know? It, It will just absolutely destroy my day. Do you respond to
2: DMs when you see them or do you just leave them alone?
1: You know, when you respond to a DM, you open that door. I mm-hmm. guess now you can restrict them afterwards, but yeah. I, I I have somebody on my payroll who uh, one of their primary jobs is to go through my DMs so that they can alert me to anything that really does Demand or or deserve my attention. Yeah, an opportunity, right? An opportunity or something that like really just th- something that's important. So I, I don't want to miss things that are genuinely Im- important. I want to be alerted to them, but I just don't need to see, you know, any of the other stuff. I don't need to see chicks making themselves available to me. I don't need to see insults or any other form of negativity. You know, I just. I don't want to do it. I don't got a single girl in my DMs. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) I I don't even know that they are in there. (laughs) I know that that there were some in the past, but I know that my lady genuinely appreciates the fact that I don't really mess with my DMs.
2: I can confirm that I don't have one woman. I'm also married, but not one woman is in my DMs. It's either very, very nice people, 99 out of 100 are great, and then one is probably calling me the the K word, which is bad for Jews. So I don't need to. Uh, okay. But, but they, they, that's a popular one amongst the folks in my. Defense.
1: Yeah. I i don't think that I am a particularly polarizing. Po- polarizing. I don't, I don't think that I, that I invite like uh, hate on any, you know, large scale. Yeah. I think I'm generally like you know i mean like I, I don't think that people hate me that much but still there's always going to be that one comment mm-hmm. and and it's it's going to mess me up i remember i got the, the times in, in which i've ever been
0: caught in like some and when i say controversy i use it with like a very small c right like sure. ridiculous but and you immediately want to defend your yourself your your being your your track record as a human And the restraint of pen and tongue of it all and me also like, I remember a friend of mine gave me some of the best advice. He's like, remember who you're hearing from now, which is an itty bitty, micro mini, extremely small, extremely loud group of people. It's like a micro Mm -hmm. uh, percentage of the people who even know of you and they just have very loud voices. (laughs)
1: That's how the world has become. I, I had this one situation, which still even pops up from time to time, but I would say it was the the worst situation to to bring on hate on like a a, a notable level. And it it was from this terrible decision I made almost 20 years ago to get this awful tattoo. It was. Uh, it, it started out like as a conversation where we were I'm just, I'm just talking about, you know, we don't want to have kid. I don't want to have kids, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll get a tattoo of a, of a, of a, you know, the circle with the slash going through it, you know, and like a baby, like a no baby sign. <laughs> Great, great. And, and, but, but we're drinking, and we're you know like, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the, the tattoo will just say "fuck babies," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and That's drinking. gonna be my next one. Keep drinking, keep drinking. The next day, I end up with a tattoo of a guy fucking a baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get there? I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know. But 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 I, I know for a fact that uh. the idea was to be. Crazy, like, and, you know, like cross the line. I, I was crossing the line very deliberately. And immediately after getting the tattoo, I realized that it wasn't rad or funny or, you know, like, And I, I, it, it lasted for maybe a month and then I just blotched over it. Then my, my buddy Bam looked at, it, he said, you should turn that black blob into an ostrich. And so then it became a guy humping an ostrich. <laughs> Now it's a guy and an ostrich riding a motorcycle backwards. <laughs> I mean, whatever it was, but like the end, the the, like it would, have went, it would have been probably 2018. I think it was 2018 when the internet caught wind of this in my past.
0: And how how did they?
1: I, I, I don't know. Is there
0: a photo or? There,
1: there's absolutely a photo. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, you. there's absolutely a photo. I don't know what inspired it to come up.
0: What is it that when we're on drugs, we go? We're gonna want to remember this. Someone film it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> worst days. Yeah, I I, 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 have no idea. But yeah, it was a particularly upsetting photo. You know, and it made the rounds. One day, you know, my my, my lady said to me, uh, she said, Instagram is mad at you. I was like, huh, you know, and sure enough, like there's just all of this like Steve O, like you know, you're you're a pedo. Now like I think that we can probably safely assume that the last thing an actual pedo would get tattooed <laughs> right. on that would be that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. Like it it uh but in any case, like you know, I, I like I said, I'm a sensitive guy, and just like while that was going on, and, it, and it's out there, you know, it pops up every once in a while, you know. And and what made me think of it was what you said about how we want to defend ourselves, you know, like uh, yeah. we, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and and it was all just really upsetting. There there was a point when I was like in fetal position, mm-hmm. you know, like inconsolable, and uh, and and just powerless over it you know and and it's like hey man like i recognize that getting that tattoo was an awful awful i don't even want to call it a mistake because it was so deliberate mm. but it was an awful decision there was and and uh you know if i were to go back in time i'd certainly like to not have done that <laughs> yeah. but, this, sure. this is,
2: but this is the beauty of it all it's like obviously like how many times can you apologize for something like I don't why isn't that, is I ever, that-
1: Sorry for interrupting or, you, but I don't know that I ever apologize because the people that were, you know... I mean, I, I like, it, it's got to be different to apologize to somebody compared to just that I simply regret that I did that. Yes. I yeah. don't owe anybody an apology, let no, alone these no. assholes who, who want to, like, literally destroy my livelihood. That's what it felt like a really highly... Not highly coordinated, but, but like a... You know, like a mob, it's like a mob, a mob that wants to tear you down and destroy your livelihood. They want to do as much damage to you and your reputation as they possibly can. And that's upsetting. And I know I don't owe those people an apology. No. I simply regret that decision I made so long ago. It was 2006.
2: What what I meant to say was how many times (laughs) do people need to remind you of something that you regret? Right, yeah, right, for sure. Like, you, you uh, for sure don't owe anybody an apology. And honestly, the way you described it,
1: <laughs> I, was li- I was in tears. <laughs> so, right. ju- like, I, I, look, I had a, a, like, I don't know if I'd call it a bit, but in my first stand up special, which I taped in 2015, but it came out in 2016, I told the whole story of it. You know, and at the time there was nothing controversial about it. It hadn't come up into an outrage thing. I just told the story of it for what it was, and and my my uh, punchline at the end was, "When your cover-up tattoo is a guy fucking an ostrich, you know you started <laughs> off with something bad." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> good. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it just wasn't controversial, and then it be it became controversial, and. Yeah, I didn't like it, man. I did not like it, and I, and I know that I would hate to be in a position that I'm sure, of course, so many people are. Imagine like to be hated. Like, I I, I would not do well to be a Jake Paul. But it is
0: first of all, I think people like Jake Paul are. I think they understand something on a level on a deeper level than we do, frankly. Like they probably. Um, and I think he, he he and Logan both subscribe. Like, and it's wrestling, right? It, it's funny that Logan's in wrestling. It's the heel. Yeah. Right. And they're like, I'm down to be hated just enough so that I get as many eyes on me as possible. Cause I know plenty of like, I, he might get a little, you know, he might get some shit from people. I also don't think Jake Paul's waiting in line anywhere. Right. Like there's no way you go like, Oh, screw him. Make him wait. You go like, that's Jake Paul. Get him inside. Right. So he's kind of winning. What do you think, Ben? You're, you're so smart with with media and the way these things and and Ben's wife is a media genius. Like, what do you think?
2: It's no, I mean, it's a confidence thing with the Paul brothers. Like that's their persona. That's their thing. They're always going to be that mysterious type of person. But we've spoken about a guy like David Dobrik, for example, like David, instead of taking what was some negativity and finding a way to make himself more famous, sort of retreated owned the fact that it was a bad thing and sort of went into less relevancy, right, versus the Paul brothers, use this no-press-is-bad-press mentality, fuel on the fire, build themselves bigger and bigger. I think it's just a difference of, of perspective. But they're also not, again, I don't know the Paul brothers, so I can't speak to if any of this is true or not. But it also takes a very specific, calculated person that can completely block out all of the noise to be like that. So you mentioned, right. steve that you're sensitive. <laughs> I'm sensitive too. I don't like the idea of anybody talking negatively about me if it's not true. And right. I think that there are just some people that are, they, they're thicker skinned and they put their careers before, I think, their, their karma. Is
1: that like the right thing to say? Maybe. I don't know. I disagree on one level, which is that I think I'd be okay, more okay with people talking badly about me if it wasn't true. It's when they're saying negative stuff about me that I agree with that it, that it hurts the most.
0: Yes. But even so, it's there's context and you have to be so careful with the things. Because to your point, when you were telling it in your act and you were explaining the full story, no one misunderstood. But, right. of course, when they see it in a 10-second chunk right. in a clip. And I think I think it's interesting, too. What do you think of people like Dave Portnoy who basically never shirks from defending himself, right? Like any kind of intrigue or controversy happens, he addresses it immediately. He goes head to head with it. He goes, let me explain, or you're not seeing this. And it seems to have served him well.
1: I I remember, I think it was when our this last Jackass movie came out just over a year ago. I I, I was asked the question by my publicist, are you okay with Having a you know in, like a, a barstool sports interview, you know, like 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 as if it was just super radioactive, like <laughs> right. toxic, like do not. Even, and and I was, <laughs> I remember being kind of caught off guard, and uh, I think I was like, oh no, I'm 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 cool with barstool sports. Like I don't think uh, I, I can't remember very well, and, and I don't know what the controversy was, but I do remember Mr. Portnoy got got himself some some hot water
0: okay so i'm so proud to announce that masterclass is a sponsor of the good guys podcast because i have used masterclass since 2020 and i remember seeing the commercials and seeing these like titans from gordon ramsey to malcolm gladwell malcolm gladwell who's whose masterclass i i watched the whole thing while i was writing my book happy people are annoying just to take a even if i could just get like the smallest little hack or tidbit which i did Or other titans like Steve Martin, uh, Chris Voss, who, by the way, was a hostage negotiator in his past life and now teaches business negotiation and tactics. That's right. I watched that one, too. And you're probably like, Josh, you're an actor and you're... Uh, dad, why do you need you know, hostage negotiation tactics? Cause it wasn't that, I mean, he'll teach you everything from you trying to renegotiate your new contract at work to trying to get a better room at a hotel. Like, but it was also so compelling to hear what an insane and crazy and, and, uh, intense life that this guy has led. So, you're going to be able to access the mind and the teachings of true masters. This isn't hyperbole here. And and when I saw the commercial, I remember thinking like, can this be, but it really is. Um, I've been wanting to get better at screenwriting. So I, I've watched David Mamet's masterclass, Aaron Sorkin, and, and, and these people are true masters. And I always find myself taking away a few indelible Sort of bits of information that will stay with me forever, and and the lessons are broken up into these little like ten to fifteen minute lessons, and sometimes it's a dozen or two dozen of these. But it's easy to sort of check in whether you're on the train or you have some downtime at work or just in between sort of work things, and you know better yourself, baby. Look, how much would it cost to take one class from the world's best? Well, with a masterclass annual membership, it will only cost you. 10 bucks a month get unlimited access to every class and right now as a good guys listener you can get 15 percent off when you go to masterclass.com slash good guys that's masterclass.com slash good guys for 15 percent off an annual membership masterclass.com slash good guys Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. That's right. That's Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. What is that? It's a probiotic. Are probiotics good? I think we know probiotics are good, but which one is right for you? You don't know. You're like me. You go to the store and there's 30 different brands and you're intimidated and you know gut immune health is important because there's like 3.8 million posts on Instagram tagged with hashtag gut health. You know, Every person you talk to, every podcast you listen to, microbiome, you know, the, the connection between your gut and your overall health is, is becoming more and more prevalent and part of the conversation. And you're like, I want to do something proactive. I want to be doing something for me, but I just don't know where to turn. Well, allow me to help you. I take the DSO-1 daily symbiotic. It's the only probiotic I trust and take because it's scientifically validated because it's clinically studied it's the next generation of probiotics for people and by the way for the planet look seeds dso1 daily symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strains that have been clinically or scientifically studied for its benefits it's allergen sort of free it's free from 14 classes of allergens a That's allergen-free, but it's also sugar-free, vegan, soy-free, sesame-free, gluten-free. It just doesn't have any crap, and you are going to feel so good when taking yo craps after you take Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Well, I don't know about you, but I just learned a lot, so join me in my gut health journey with seed. Visit seed.com slash good guys and use code good guys to redeem 30% off your first month of seeds. ds one Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash good guys and use code good guys. I think there's also something powerful with like Logan and Jake really and comedians do this too, they really embraced making money in non-traditional ways, right? Like if you're a stand up you slightly become uncancelable because if people listen to your podcast, you're always going to get me undies or fucking you know uh, who who does the men you, you, you don't mean me undies you mean my pillow <laughs> my, my pillow,
2: pillow. <laughs> <Or> like <laughs> well, who, me undies know. is like what the fuck did we do <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get manscape to to promote your pod uh, on your pod and then if people are coming out to your live shows like you can literally be a millionaire and successful. Without having any of big business right. give you the nod, if your sole income is based on Fortune 500 companies or massive studios employing you, you better walk a really fine line because you step out of line and and it's done.
2: Right, and that's why and that's why Portnoy is fascinating because his revenue does rely on Fortune, maybe it's not 500, but Fortune thousand companies paying barstool revenue. Of course, they have other revenue streams, and that's why he was so smart to start. His sports book. Like that's like that was like a huge thing, right? And like having all these original shows, but that's why he's so fascinating that he will take jabs at these huge corporations when they do have mainstream sponsors. But on the flip side, like a guy like Chappelle, he knows he's funny enough. He can go away for how many years, come back, rely solely on stand up. And you're you're hundred percent right. That's the way to that's the way to do it. Find a way to have these revenue streams. I mean, it's it's Steve what you did really forever like making movies and doing pranks and like i I think that sure you you need somebody to underwrite it but ultimately if if you're not like these content creators are so beholden to these these companies that they feel that they can't necessarily speak their own truths
1: yeah i I don't even know that comedians i mean just in general the youtube digital you know like the it's it's crazy how Jackass came out in year two thousand and for the next thirteen years I was like a hundred percent at the mercy of, of uh corporate executives, green lighting, whatever the show or or movie you know. Right, exactly. And I I like I was given permission to work. And right. and I would and and, and mm. it was and then in twenty thirteen For the first time I learned how to edit footage properly on a computer and I started a YouTube channel. And at that time, I felt like this was such a depressing demotion. Like, oh my God, like I've had multiple TV shows with my name in the title. I've had multiple number one theatrical box office movies. Mm. Like now I'm going to, Upload. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I mean, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm yeah. gonna upload a YouTube video. It felt just like such a a demeaning step backwards. And 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 at the time I was just banging my head against a wall trying to like sell different projects and just getting flatly rejected everywhere I went. Mm. And I just turned to YouTube just as an exercise to stay sane, you know, like let me just do something. Ah and and i had no idea how much that was going to like represent a rebirth for me like a a full revolution for my career and and just me taking just control of my own stuff you know of of all the jackass guys that i came up with i don't think any of the other guys did that you know and uh in
0: general i was thinking the other day like Really, I mean you think Knoxville and really like you are the people who've been able to create their own sort of industry off the back of that that fame, right?
1: We man was uh he became a restaurateur. Tacos, right? Yeah. We Wee Man's got like I, I don't know, like somewhere between fifty and a hundred restaurants. <laughs> oh, like, I want We man. like, Man's life.
0: Fuck this. We man's gotta figure it out. Ben knows. Ben's in the alcohol <laughs> uh Business, Sprit Society. I mean, you, you're losing on two customers like me and Steve-O. You're not going to make any dough from <laughs> us. But, oh, man, I I dream of having that business that isn't right. associated
1: with entertainment. Right. That's hot. To get out of the attention whore
2: business. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, ironically, though, you use the attention whore business to build that business, so... Sure. It's, it's all stepping stones. For sure. Right? So. And
1: and the last thing I want to do is is uh, be disparaging of, of any of the other jackass guys. I mean, like I, I believe that they're genuinely happier than me in 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 most regards. <laughs> because here, like, we're in this digital landscape, and it's just like the views and the views, and, and it's so just like upsettingly democratic. You know, you know hmm. exactly. How much you're failing? <laughs> you know, like, yes, you know, like the yeah. degrees to which you succeed. Like success is short lived, and failure just looms as as this black cloud of anxiety. And you know, and like to to just to be okay with, like, hey, man, you know, I'm I'm genuinely jealous of uh, a lot of my jackass brothers for just not even subjecting themselves to that level of just anxiety and and craziness that, that we endure and at the same time i'm incredibly grateful and proud for what i've been able to build on my own initiative with my own you know me giving myself permission i don't need anybody and i just create
0: it kills me and i'm dying to hear both of your opinions especially you steve on these youtube pranksters these pieces of shit
1: they're no good <laughs>
0: These guy I'm talking about the guys who, because I love I think you've talked maybe you talked about it specifically. But overall, I think what we've learned so much more about Jackass over the last twenty years was it was always you going at each other, sure. And it wasn't you going at strangers or civilians or people who weren't I mean there was I mean,
1: a... we would definitely target third party civilians, but never in a fashion that was mean spirited. That's and right. that's the line that we see so many people having crossed on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The, the the idea of making people feel bad. And and I, I'm super proud of of the legacy that we have with Jackass, as counterintuitive as this sound. I really believe that it's wholesome for that very reason because because as hard of a time as we give we give ourselves and each other a very hard time but we're super attention whores and we love that so it's permissible because we want the what's happening to be happening and and we it's just devoid of any kind of hatred or or malice. bigotry malice like it's it's the spirit of Jackass is is genuinely wholesome, and uh, and and positive, man. Like we're we're here to you know make people laugh and and uh, make their problems go away for a short time, and yeah, you again. They, they, a lot a lot of the the pranks going on on YouTube are are the, very much the opposite of that.
0: I mean, how are people not getting killed? I guess they are, but I'll see some crazy things on you know like the Fight Haven Twitter shout out where like. People will, like pranksters will do something and people will have a real reaction. And all of a sudden it's coming to blows, you know, threats, weapons, just because (coughs) if you're a civilian, if I'm at Home Depot and you scream in my ear with a PVC pipe, I'm not a violent man, but I'm going to go redline. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go redline and stuff you for your views or at least try to and then get probably choked out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I, I, I haven't even... Yeah, I I can't even remember a time recent. You know, that that I can't remember recently seeing something that 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 upset me in that way. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's out there. Oh yeah.
0: The truth is, for my family, I don't contribute much. But what I do contribute (laughs) is financial security for my wife, for my kids, for my mom, so that they can live. A life and support me emotionally mentally mostly emotionally because I'm a mess and so I want to know that god forbid I'm not here one day that the people I love most are going to be taken care of and did you know that like 75% of consumers greatly overestimate the cost of life insurance per year what people actually think costs over 50 bucks a month can actually cost 20 bucks a month, aka less than your car insurance or pet insurance or or a dinner out on the town or probably the lunch you're eating right now while listening to the great podcast, Good Guys. Look, if you have people who depend on your income, don't leave leave them hanging. But also, maybe you're like, oh, I have no one. I just had a bad you know, first date. And so I literally am all alone on this earth. Well, it's not going to be forever. And if you're relatively young, enjoy it and get your finances in order because life insurance is so much cheaper to lock in when you're young and healthy. All right. Now, now do you, baby. You know what I'm saying? Look, check out Quility. It's It's really where you're going to have the easiest Uh, most streamlined experience. And and in fact, Quility has created a special life insurance guide just for good guys listeners to visit. So go to quility.com slash good guys to learn more and match with your perfect policy. That's q-u-i-l-i-t-y dot c-o-m slash good guys for more information. Be a good guy or gal and get life insurance for you and yours. Today's episode of The Good Guys Podcast is brought to you by Element, which I am drinking right now because I need those electrolytes replenished, boy, okay? Whether you have an active lifestyle, maybe you had a couple glasses of wine last night, or you just, you know, have a regular sort of workout sketch, nothing negative can come from replenishing your electrolytes, and I promise you, you're not getting that from just plain water. Look, Element is tasty. It has a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium, or as I like to call it, them cramp busters, boy. You know what I mean? Like, I used to get these crazy cramps after running, and I just felt like I needed something to sort of mitigate that, and that's where Element came into my life. Now, maybe you're dealing with, I don't know, headaches, fatigue, a sleeplessness, all of those can be symptoms of electrolyte deficiencies. So why not go with something like Element, which can fit into your keto, low-carb, or paleo diet? It's only 10 calories, and there's no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. So right now, Element's offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash goodguys. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t dot com slash Good guys. Element offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give your, you your money back. No questions asked. You have
2: nothing to lose. Steva, would you ever, and apologies if you have, and I just didn't know, would you ever like fight someone like WWE or like, you know, like these like celebrity fighters, like you brought up Jake Paul. Like, I don't, I know it's like not necessarily in like the true vein of what you do, but I feel like, like uh, would that ever be something that you'd entertain?
1: <laughs> Shortly after getting that awful tattoo of the baby. <laughs> 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 also in 2006, when we were promoting the second Jackass movie, we appeared on Monday Night Raw and my, my comrade, Chris Pontius, party boy, and I got in the ring and had a match <laughs> with... uh a wrestler named Umaga, also known as the Samoan Bulldozer, and it was—it's kind of redundant or double negative, right? You think Samoan, you think bulldozer, right? I mean, dude, it's it, like it, it was—it was absolutely unbelievable. It sits on my YouTube channel. This reaction video of Pontius and I watching the match and reacting to it as one of the most viewed things I've ever put on the internet. The worst beating I ever got, and and what made it so just unbelievable, was was my ignorance. Number one, it was fascinating because we showed up and we did like a little bit of a rehearsal, like blocking through, you know, like there's going to be this move, there's going to be that move, you know, there's going to be, you know, and in the rehearsal, like the, it, it all seemed pretty, pretty mellow, you know, he's going to jump off the top ropes, this 300 pound guy and, he, and we're, I'm, I'm laying on the ground, he's gonna jump off the top rope and like, it's called a splash, I think, like just jump off and, and him just land on top of me. Yeah. And um, that's the last move, that's when it's supposed to be over. But what I didn't know in my ignorance is that the match, you're supposed to play dead. You're not mm. supposed to keep moving around. And I didn't know that. And when I get hit particularly hard it, it's just built into me to react, you know? So this final move, he jumps off the top rope and just crushes me. It was the most crushing impact. And, and, and I roll over, and I'm like, oh, dude, like, oh, you know, I'm like rolling around, reacting to it, but I'm not supposed to. And, and this this reaction to his move is, is uh, in the world of wrestling, a, a sign of terrible disrespect. You know, I like now, now I'm disrespecting him because I'm not playing dead, but I don't know that. So I hear I'm in the ring and I'm rolling, and and then he hits me again. Sivo's just screaming, I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> <I respect laughs> yeah, he, he He hits me again, which is super weird to me because as I understand it from the rehearsal, now it's supposed to be over. It's like, why are you still hitting me? Right. You know, like this is over. And is he pulling his punches, or I mean, everything compared to the rehearsal was it was a whole other world. It was like, oh god, like what 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 are we getting into? I, I, I kind of I mean, I don't I don't know because we're the we're the jackass guys where they like you know, but he, he's he's hitting me again, and, and I'm like you know I'm like waving my arms at him like st- stop like 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 no 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 and and, and again. That's not okay. So he hits me again, and uh, and then I start like I put my hands together as like a praying side, like please stop, you know. And, and he drops this elbow on my head. That that oh. that uh, that was the last thing I remembered. Like I was I was literally beaten into a blackout in the WWE ring, and it was evidently so. Disturbing what happened that they didn't even show. Like on the broadcast, they just cut to commercial. <laughs> you know? Like the Monday Night Raw logo flies in, and they just they don't they stop showing it. And they never showed me leave the ring. I I, I I don't remember ever leaving the ring. Like my I came to my next my next memory. I was in like the like the control room or something. You know, like I lost a lot of time just straight. Did you ever talk to him after and say there was obviously a miscommunication? <laughs> he was actually super cool, man. He's since passed away. I believe he had a heart attack. But he was super, super cool. And and I, I'm positive that I was able to communicate to him that I meant no disrespect. I was just ignorant. And, right. and, and in hindsight, like, even at the time, it was just obvious that that made it so epic. Because, like... You know, say what you will about wrestling, you cannot say that that match was fake. You know, on any level.
2: I was going to say, for those that say that the WWE isn't real wrestling, <laughs> talk to steve That's that's incredible. Yeah, and I mean that's incredible.
1: And what what those people do is outrageously impressive. There's no way around that. And what Logan Paul, oh my god, what Logan Paul is doing in that space seems to rise above what's going on in the space. Yeah, he's like a savant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a wrestling prodigy. Is there anything like you know that ever, you know, scenes you shot for Jackass that ended ended up on the cutting room floor that to your point you were like this feels too violent or it feels uh, too extreme.
1: There 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 was one thing very uh distinctly when we were filming the first jackass movie in 2002 there was a kung fu legend named jean LaBelle. and i want to say he was in a like in a, an olympic like a legend of the olympics like combat sports like Gene LaBelle was 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 it and he he transitioned from like legitimate like judo fighting or whatever his combat sport was. And, and he got into stunts. And Rhonda Rousey uh, you know, quoted him as saying that uh he told her, like uh, every like real fight I got in, like uh th- like I didn't make any money. Right. And that but every fake fight I got in, like made me like a very wealthy man. You know, <laughs> right. like like the it's saying that like his his Hollywood career was much more lucrative for him than his combat sports career. And, um, you know, because he lived in, on both sides of the, you know, uh, uh, of that dynamic, they enlisted him. We shot with Gene LaBelle and like the whole cast of, of Jackass, if not the whole cast, like the majority of us were just standing in a in a row. And Gene LaBelle masterfully like came behind each other, like, the, the rear naked choke and ch- choked, choked us unconscious, and and he did it so fast, it like, it, like I it just, it's just totally odd. But he, you know, the one guy just rear naked choke, like puts him sleep, lays him down on the floor, and then the next guy, he just went down the line and choked everybody completely unconscious, laid us down on the floor, and we all woke up like whoa, you know, and that was deemed too dark, <laughs> and too imitatable. That's another piece that that uh, mm. you know. So,
0: yeah. What are the rules? Too
1: imitatable. <clears throat> yeah, imitatability is a big one. If it's uh, something that kids can easily, you know, replicate on their own, then then uh, there's a, a, a much bigger sense of liability around it. And I guess just like the spirit of it, I don't know. Like they they, they just didn't like it. Spike Jones didn't like that. Like. Um, None of the powers that be like that. Yeah, I don't think it came from even Paramount, like, on a, I just think it didn't.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel right.
1: Right. It didn't feel right. But however, Ryan Dunn, God rest his soul. Bless him. Having had that experience with Gene LaBelle, just came away from that experience feeling himself educated and qualified to start choking people out himself. <laughs> so, we, we would be on tour and, and Ryan Dunn would say like, hey, to the audience, like, who wants to come up and get on stage and get choked out? And people would be like all about it. And I was so insanely uncomfortable with that. Like, please, God, for the love of God, Ryan, don't do this, <laughs> you know, oh, man. But, but he would do it. I would, I would leave the stage. I would, I would want no part in it. Dunn would would choke people out, and it would it, was, it looked very much like what Gene Labelle did. He was actually pretty good at it. Well, you do it enough times, right? You
0: know, and learning curve.
1: God, that was that was the year of two thousand three. Dunn's choking people out on stage. We're on tour. We, we we went on tour through like twelve different countries on the back of the first Jackass movies release, and yeah. and this was like the. The craziest heyday, like Jackass the movie, like Jackass had been like big on MTV and then the movie was bigger than anything and the movie comes out and we're just like on this world tour, like thousands of people at the shows, like it it was, it was really, I was in like the, just the craziest levels of, of addiction, like, and, and. Everything was just permissible at that time, you know? I could be awake for days and days on drugs, and like nobody was upset about that, you know? Like it was just, that's what was going on. Who's getting need the drugs when you're on tour? Who isn't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, who, who, like, getting drugs on tour was, was uh, always incredibly easy. But one day, while, while on tour in the UK, goods going around England, I was just awake for enough days in a row. I was probably on, like, you know, maybe going into my third day of being awake. And I I was feeling self conscious that it was just all feeling like Groundhog's Day, you know, same show, same thing, same everything. And like, there wasn't like, Really epic, high level content being filmed for my Too Hot for TV DVD series. I
0: own those. I own those.
1: <laughs> and and so one day I just said, you know what, done today. We're we're filming you choking me out. We're putting it out there. Be damned if it's too dark. You know, too dark for Jackass doesn't apply to the Don't Try This at Home. You know, and uh, and so Dunn Not only choked me out, cause, and then I'm like, do it again, do it again. He choked me out six times in one day. And each time, like it, like it, at first he was laying me down, like Gene LaBelle did. Then he was just kind of like, just kind of letting go. <laughs> By the end, he's like, I'm unconscious. He's just throwing me and I'm just like, it, it was bad.
2: Ben, you what does that, fe- what does that feel I,
1: like? And I, like... <laughs> and I put it out. And I put it out. You know, even to this day, I kind of celebrate like, the, the dark stuff and, and what, what's goes beyond, you know, the dead jackass stuff. Like uh, what, what's too hot for jackass is, is often perfectly okay with me.
0: Hero Bread is so bomb. Hero Bread has cracked the code of how do we make regular good old-fashioned delicious bread that can go on a sandwich if you need a tortilla, if you need a bun for that burger, but how can we make it like high fiber, and ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar. Well, Hero did that, right? They did that with their bread. And that's per slice. Remember, um, my son eats Hero bread almost every day. I eat it a couple times a week. And every time you bite into it, you're just going to get that familiar mouthfeel of your favorite kind of bread. And then your brain is going to be like, oh wait, I'm doing something good for myself. Like I don't have to trip on this, you know? Sometimes I'll be making like a little BLT at lunch and I'll sub in Hero Bread or maybe I'll use it for like a guilt-free French toast on the weekends. And they've got everything you need. Like I said, buns, tortillas, breads. You can go to hero.co or Amazon to get them and it has fewer calories than the leading national brand. Five grams of protein per slice. Ugh. You're going to feel so good. Look, visit hero.co and use code good guys to check out for 10% off your first purchase. That's H E R O.co. Use code good guys for 10% off your first order. Let me tell you something you're going to love it. Shout out Hero Bread.
2: What does that feel
1: like? Like, is there any fear in it? Oh and my god! Is that I did it? I, yeah. I, I did my farewell choke out like two weeks ago. Did you see it on like TMZ and stuff? No,
2: I did see it. I did. Yeah, see Yeah,
1: right in the Dude, this was covered by Sports Illustrated. You've made it, TMZ. <laughs> Michael like Jordan
0: I, swiping on Instagram and he sees da- Sports Illustrated. He's like, "Is this the shit I was on?"
1: Daily <laughs> Mail. <laughs> I mean, it was it was one of these like super viral publicity jackpots, and God, do I! It, 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 I'm a big UFC fan, so I go to the events a yeah, lot. Yeah, me too. You know, a lot of the non pay per view UFC events take place at the Apex. the Apex. Yeah, so this was um, two and a half weeks ago. The Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern is the headlining bout. I'm I'm in the apex. Steve Will Do It of the Nelk Boys is there. I did see this. Okay. I'm like, I say uh, to Steve, yeah, let's 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 get some content. You know, like when I get together with Steve Will Do It and and we, uh, you know, it's always I come up with something that's outside of his comfort zone and I get him to do it. You we gotta,
0: know, we got to get to that that side of Steve O'Ben.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. what we gotta do. We gotta. Bump it. Steve will do it. Ben will do it.
2: Ben will run at it. Hey,
1: by the way, Ben. Ben won't do it. Ben, ben should I'm be out. your name. Ben won't do it. I, I had a, I had my tour bus out out in, in, in Vegas, and I'm just like, you know, like I, I I love it. You know, I flew out the tour bus driver. I'm like, hey, we're going to Vegas for the week, and we're just gonna have fun. So, but after the fights, my bus is going back to L.A. So I'd tell Steve, "We'll do it. Like, hey, let, you know, like we we should do something epic, but it's got to be here, and I got to go right away after the fight." So I was just like, "Dude, we should get choked out in the octagon, you know?" And so I uh, I see the number three contender in the middleweight division, Marvin Vittori. Yeah, i love this guy i'm like hey marvin do you do you down to choke us out and he's like hell yeah dude <laughs> you know and then i'm like and i'm like all right well, let's go check with uh with actually you know like the ufc people and they were like yeah sure after the fight make good for him or whatever you know wow <laughs> i'm so surprised i know and, and uh <laughs> but i mean like it's actually not that Dangerous of a thing. What's dangerous is if you fall down and it hit your head. Sure, you know. But but if you get laid down, like it's not that big of a deal. It ha- happens all the time in, in fights. But the problem is that I have a, a condition in my in my cervical spine, my neck. I've got degenerative disc disease, mm. where the space in between the vertebrae is uh, like diminishing. You know, like it's it's a degenerative thing, and like I can feel. Like my neck's not not good, yeah. and and, uh, and I'm thinking, man, like, dude, getting choked out and laid laid down, like, I and, and I asked Mike Mike this, we got Marvin Vittori's choking out Steve will do it, and and you know former world champion, Hall of Famer Michael Bisbank's choking me out, and I asked him, like, uh, you know, I was like, you know, my neck's not that good, and you know we're getting ready to we're choking around. He asked Steve will do it. How old are you? Steve will do it's 24. They asked me, how old are you? I'm like, 48. And like, as I said, I'm 48 years old. Like, it just really struck me. God, I'm I've aged out of this, man. I I shouldn't like this is not something that I should be doing. And and sure enough, man, like, I didn't know what was going on. He choked me out. And, And to answer your question, it is super creepy. It's like everything about like not being able to breathe and being strangled. (laughs) until you're unconscious that you think is creepy (laughs) you know like it's exactly as creepy as you it's like when when oh i can't breathe like you can try to breathe but you're not gonna breathe and like you're being strangled until you lose consciousness like imagine how creepy it is and that's what it is but everything just goes dark you don't even know and then you come back to and it's eerily similar to um Whipids. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. eerily similar to Whippets. Ben, you
0: don't know how me and Steve-O roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I remember, like, I, I woke up. Yeah, yeah I, I came to, didn't know what was going on. I hear people asking, are you okay? I don't know what they're talking about before I put together that I'm in the octagon and I just got choked out already, my neck's just not okay, man. I'm like, and and I'm like, and then I realized where I'm at. I'm like, oh yeah, oh dude, that was awesome. And I get up and I hug Michael Bisping, but really I'm just thinking, dude, my neck is just not good. And I'm automatically having like these like terrorizing, like just thoughts of just vertebrae being fused together. and, and, And I was just in a really dark, like, Panic, you know, like a really just. I was very upset about it for like a couple of days, and then all of a sudden, it just felt better than ever before. Like I was like, "Wow, Mike, Michael Bisping's wow. like a chiropractor." Now it's kind of back. <laughs> it's chiropractic chiro- 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 <laughs> He snapped it back into place. <laughs> yeah, I mean now, like I don't know. I, it, now it's just back to just being a little, like what it is. I'm I'm not concerned, and and I'm glad that. I'm glad I did it because I'm that much of an attention whore. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and, and for all the times that I've been choked out, prior to that, I had Chuck Liddell choke me out in the mountains of Peru. There is no no news stories about that, you know? On my first comedy special, I had Tim Kennedy of you know, the UFC. Sure. He choked me out. There were no news stories. When Ryan Dunn did it six times in a row all those years ago. You made it. This, made it. this was the farewell choke out and we made it count. <laughs> That's yeah.
0: gorgeous. Yeah. What an honor.
1: I, I don't ever need to do that again. And I, I can't say that with my neck, like with like the, that, uh, people ask me frequently, like, how's your body holding up? Do you like wake up? Do you have aches and pains? Like, is that all the damage, the accumulation of all the damage? Is it affecting you? And, and up until recently, my answer has been that uh, I'm in surprisingly good shape given what I've gone through. And, and now, like, I, I just, I'm feeling it more, you know? And I, yeah. I I think a lot of it's probably, like, pretty normal for, like, a 48-year-old dude. Like, notwithstanding, like, what's going on with my neck and, and my, my shoulders just acting up. I, I, I threw the first pitch at a Major League Baseball game. I saw like, that. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that one, too. <laughs> but, but just... My shoulder's mess. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I'm
1: like even practicing, because I wanted to get it right. I didn't want to pull a Baba buoy, you know? <laughs> and and uh, just practicing just hurt my shoulder. So, like, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a little bit upsetting for me that I feel my body is starting to... Degenerate. D- yeah, really, really starting to degenerate. But I'm, at the same time, really excited about that because my next... Show, you know, I'm I'm, I'm wrapping up this uh, tour that I've been on, the Bucket List Tour. And my next show that I'm putting together is generally like uh, an analysis of Steve-O confronting middle age and the breaking down of my body.
0: Yeah, it's intense. I feel it in my, I have like a knee thing. How old are you? I'm 36. Okay. So I'm like, not, but I got two kids, it'll age you quicker. Right.
2: And it's like, it's just wild. Young Ben's only 30, uh, so he's- 31, 31. The- it puts me into a different class. I just needed to clarify yeah. that. I, you know, I'm dying I have, I have, I have some neck problems. I have some, be- I find that now when I go to sleep, I wake up, my arm is, if I slept on my arm wrong, I'm completely fucked for the whole day. Yeah,
1: like, it's, it's, it's gnarly, right? Like, I, I've, I've got that going on right now, too. Like, I haven't, if you breathe in- so it's like it's like there's some kind. of, You feel like you pulled a muscle.
0: You yeah. You as a sober guy getting choked out and feeling that whippin' yeah. hit.
1: It does it feel like a freebie? I think so. That's how I would feel.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing, later? You want to choke each other?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with that. But you know um, the uh, it's it, it's interesting you bring that up. And I remember we we spoke about sobriety. Yeah. That, Quite a length, and yes. on, on your last podcast. And I remember I was either getting ready to, or I just had filmed this bit where I was having like fully stolen general anesthesia drugs injected into my vein while I was riding a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, that's like, <laughs> like, like, oh like I said, I'm okay with the dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was one of my, I, that, I, that, I, that's I, for, for this tour that I'm wrapping up right now. And if anybody listening is listening from London, England, I'm actually taping this, the bucket list special in London, England at the Hackney Empire. As this comes out, it'll be imminent. I'm I'm taping it on July 14th and looking to add a show on July 13th, which means I need to promote. But- um, Steve, I wanna- Go get tickets. The UK yeah. folks, go get tickets. But, but when when I told you about the, the general anesthesia bike ride thing, yes. like as a sober guy, I remember like coming away with it thinking, man, like <laughs> like uh in the context of sharing it with you, a sober guy, and like kind of describing what it was and what you know, involving just you know, not only not medically necessary, but like completely illegal. <laughs> you know, and, sure. and for like and I just remember coming away with it. Coming away from that context with you, and and uh, wondering if I should be questioning—if not, actually, I was questioning
0: hmm.
1: my uh, my integrity as a sober guy, you know. Interesting. And and, and now it's been. A, a number of years since then, I've, I, you know, I did it in consultation. I did, I didn't, there was no secrets about it. Yeah. You talked I, to sober guys and... for sure. I shared it, shared it with my home group, you know, like, like there was n- there was no secrecy and I was very clear on what my motives were. You know, this was not like uh, seeking to get loaded. This was seeking to get footage, you know, on a professional level to do a stunt.
0: I had a moment like that too at like 23, 24 years old where I'd I'd gotten to the point where like being that young and getting sober at 21, where I could still have a good time and do the things that young people want to do, which is like, you know, hook up and, and have, still have fun experiences while doing it sober. And I'd found a good balance of like, it's certainly not a big part of my life, but every now and then I'm going to go out while people are getting blasted and just kind of be around, right? And I remember I was at a party I probably, in theory, would have loved to be at, at a different time in my life, where there were porn stars running around and people doing nose beers and-
1: (laughs) Sniffle snacks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Booger sugar, (laughs) the devil's dandruff. I heard so I heard a darker one the other day that, that injecting heroin can be called uh, arm beers, okay. which I thought was a little... Arm darts. <laughs> arm darts. <laughs> there was no arm darting, but there was plenty of, of nose beers and, uh, and just people. And I, I had that exact same thought of what would the guys of my my sober home group think of me being here while, like, and not even a judgment on the people doing it because they're having their own, track, sure. their experience. It's more about like, what are you doing here, John?
1: Well, right. I mean, it, like in our literature, it describes that to a T, yeah. you know, you got to ask yourself, what's your motivation for being there? Like, do you have a legitimate reason for being in this environment or are you seeking to somehow vicariously experience the, the party?
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you cuz we do do some news stories on the show and there was this one news story that felt like uh, having an expert like you can can can
1: I guess like <laughs> sorry if I'm just being rude at this point and yeah. cut, cutting you off and I have been improving a little bit with my uh, conversational etiquette but but I've been slipping off as we've gotten deeper in this. I just feel compelled though to to bring up just what an obvious thing. I almost feel like we'd be doing your listeners a disservice if we didn't draw a comparison between like, and, and, and I don't know like much of the details, but I'm vaguely familiar with you having worked with somebody in the past who like has just gone into a dark place and is in a dark place. And and, and I, somebody I worked with in the past yes. in a dark place, you know, like. Yeah. And and we're the sober guys, and we have these people that were so closely linked to, you know, professionally in our past, who just weren't so lucky, you know, they they haven't been able to get it.
0: And something recently, today, happened with BAM, right? Yeah, locked I,
1: up in, in a 5150.
0: Thing. I actually was going to ask you about a kid who's a 15-year-old kid whose uh, photos, he, he sent nude photos to a girl, and now he's being sexually blackmailed. And I wanted to say, well, you've shown your penis a lot in photos. <laughs> Right,
1: but no. And, um, and and by the way, credit to you for not automatically bringing up the BAM situation. You know, like uh, that's just classy on your part. And I, I, I'm not like, I'm I'm kind of an open book. I'll talk about whatever. Yeah, but uh,
0: obviously, it's something. Uh, there's a new layer to it today. It's there. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I don't want to lead you in any way. Sure. So what's What are you feeling?
1: I mean, uh, I, I was. Uh, I brought Bam on tour with me at the beginning of this year, January. It it was kind of like a Hail Mary pass. Like, I, I just felt like, man, just let me just bring him on tour with me. Keep him close to me. Show him how like great my life is, how not boring it is to be a sober guy, you know, like to help him like put together an act, he can open up the show and do like 10 minutes and I'll work with him on that. And maybe that'll be like the beginning of what could become his own act that he could like legitimately tour with in comedy clubs maybe. And while, while I had him on the road, like I was really like, just kind of chipping away at him, you know, like, like my, my bros on the tour are sober sober guys, you know, like we're on like a tour bus full of sober guys.
0: Yeah, you're hoping you're planting planting yeah. the seeds so that a truth forest blooms <laughs> right. sometime soon.
1: Right, and, and just trying to urge him to see his part, you know, to you know, like it's. it's I, I was telling him, like, hey, man, every time that you're uh, pointing your finger as something being a problem, I, I want you to understand that it is the direct result of the underlying issue. You know, your point. I said. I said you're you're pointing at the top of the pile of problems. Yeah. which have been piling up as a result of your drinking. Yeah. And every time you complain about something I'm going to tell you, bam, top of the pile. You're pointing, you're pointing to the top of the pile.
0: You stepped on toes yeah. and people <laughs> retaliated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, and every time you point at the top of the pile, I want to redirect you to the bottom of the pile <laughs> you know the root cause
0: yeah oh and- that could be the name of his tour <laughs> bottom of the pile
1: damn <laughs> much yeah and, and and i just tried so hard and and you know he, he did stay sober we did you know like put together uh i i helped him put together like a, a, a an entertaining 10 minutes he was doing great by the end of the tour, he he, he was going out on, on stage alone, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to me with him. The, the last night that we were together on tour, he brought his his uh, his five-year-old son out on stage with him. Like, um, the, it just happened to be that the last stop was in like Central California where his uh, estranged wife was living, or is living, I'm not sure. But like, it just ended, so she came to the show with the boy and, like, he was doing well enough for the, you know, 10 days that we'd been on tour together that the estranged wife said, hey, you know, go ahead and, like, like, like go ahead and stay. Spend, spend a couple of days with your boy. Yeah. You know, so we, we left without him. And as soon as the tour bus rolled out without him, and he's got this opportunity to be with his boy, he goes, checks into a hotel room and just gets completely hammered. Yeah. And, and it was, like... Four, five, six in the morning—that he's still up and takes to Instagram to post some vile attack against Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine. Like, and, and I was just like, I—I remember that—that that went up. Like I said, like four, five, six in the morning, and 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 I—I I was just kind of like ruminating on it, like that whole next day. And the post had been up, his post had been up for like 20 hours, 22 hours or something. And I was like, and I just wrote a comment. I was like, bam, dude, like, you know, I I can't remember what I wrote, but it was something to the effect of like, I've really tried everything I can. And as much as I want to make you want to get better, like I just recognize that I can't make you want to get better. Mm. And it sucks because I, I wish I could. But bro, you're dying. You're dying, dude, and there's nothing I can do, and it sucks. And like, yeah, I, I I posted this as a comment on his Instagram. I showed it to my girl. Like the second that she goes, "That's something you should just say to Bam." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And I deleted it. It was up for like less than two minutes, and somebody Done. screenshotted it, oh, and yeah. it ends up on TMZ. And uh, you know,
0: it's it, funny. I you say that because me and my buddy, we have there were three of us who grew up together and two of us are sober, and our other buddy just wasn't lucky enough. And I remember he had, like, had a year sober, and he was, like, just doing great. He was just doing great. And then he wasn't. And I remember he, like, got it together for my boy's wedding, and he kind of reappeared, and then he wasn't. And then he kind of came back around, and finally he looked at my friend and was like, you know, I love you. I love you a lot, but this is probably the last time we're ever going to see each other. And it was right. It was like so, I mean, it was it was just prophetic. It was like he was just predicting the future. And, and it's exactly what was going to happen to a guy like him. But I think we should, you know, we do this wow. one thing in closing of every episode. We call it the what are you nuts moment of the week. And it's basically your gripe, your annoyance, anything. It could be big or small with the world, people, places and things. So take a minute, think about whatever your thing is. There, No answer, it's too small or too big. Yeah. Ben, do you, do you have one ready?
2: Yeah, it's, again, going from such a powerful <laughs> powerful discussion <laughs> right into what are you nuts? But um, yeah, I, I have noticed I am getting in an Uber, going from my apartment downtown. I'm getting in an Uber, going from my apartment to the airport, and all of a sudden, automatically, it's $150. So my what are you nuts is... What the hell is going on with Ubers and transportation? You can call it inflation. I call it greed. As a native New Yorker, I'm going back to yellow cabs because it seems to happen this way, where once every three years, the yellows are cheaper, the Ubers are cheaper, the yellows are cheaper, the Ubers are cheaper. Now the Ubers are three times the yellows, and I won't stand for it anymore. So what are you nuts? Uber, too expensive moving to yellow cabs.
0: Well, my what are you nuts moment, and I really love that, Ben, and I agree with you is, you know, I have a little four-year-old son, and I don't like when people put any kind of romance, in quotes, on kids. Like, oh, she's his little girlfriend. Or he's her boyfriend. I don't like this. I think it sets kids up in, like, a weird way. I know it's mostly innocent, but, like, when parents do that, when a boy and a girl are friends, and they call each other their little boyfriend and girlfriend, I think it's weird. And you know what else annoys me? My son, you know... I'll have friends who have little girls who are my son's age. And my son will be sweet to them because I've created him to be sweet. And they'll go, Whoa, you know, don't be too sweet to her. I don't wanna have to, you know, I don't wanna have to beat you up when you're sixteen, Max. Like, almost as if, like, you know, one day your son's gonna go after my daughter and I'm really gonna have to, you know, give you one. And I wanna be like, you think? my son <laughs> would want to date your daughter <laughs> trust me he's I, not interested <laughs> that <tramp>. you think <laughs> she's a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> that you think your daughter could get a catch like my son <laughs> so <laughs> what are you nuts to
2: calling little kids boyfriends and girlfriends i'm not a fan what are you nuts i
1: like it all oh, right i had one just then i, mean, I have really minor ones good here
0: is the best kind of what are you nuts?
1: I I can't stand do not disturb signs on hotel room doors. You hang it on the hotel room door, but all you got to do is just gently open up the door to make it fall off. It falls Such off. A good
0: point. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yes, I mean it is. You, you hang on the <laughs> do not
1: disturb sign. Like I I am you know to an extent a public figure. Like by everywhere I go, like I am uh, public property. You know, like people, you know, people, photos. and the, Yeah, I mean, I get it. It comes with the territory. But like I, I don't enjoy privacy the way normal people enjoy privacy. And so when I'm in my hotel room, like that's kind of a really sacred space. It's like my one, you know, like now, like I'm like in this hotel room. I'm not public yeah, property. Unplug. I'm not, you know, and, and I don't want anybody in that space. I, I don't. Want, I don't want anybody coming in. I just like, I don't want towels. I don't want, like, no, I just want, I just want to leave me alone. Yeah. And so that do not disturb sign is important to me. And when I hang it on the doorknob and then open up the door and it falls right off, it, it, it drives me nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Word to every housekeeper at every
1: Marriott in the continental United <laughs> States, <laughs> don't
0: go into Steve-O's room. Yeah, I
1: mean, dude, I used to, and, and I'm gonna add this to my carry on bag. Bring a roll of tape to physically tape <laughs> tape that do not disturb sign. To That's that door. not creepy at all.
2: <laughs> Just Stevo, thanks so much for joining us. This was great. Everybody buy tickets to Stevo's tour. Mention the UK shows. And check out Steve-o's Steve what pod. what else can we? yeah.
1: Yep. I have something that you don't know, but Josh and I have discussed getting. Uh, An episode of my wild ride podcast in the can and recording, uh, uploading them simultaneously. So we can now drive everybody to the wild ride. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm going to be on Steve O's. The link will be in the description. Yep. And as always, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. I mean, this podcast, it's got to be five stars. Otherwise, what are you nuts?
1: Yeah.